the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here, and while I am on my way to Hungary, Bob France, one of my colleagues in Cleveland, one of the best talk show hosts in the country. Well, what a genuine honor and a privilege it is to sit in for the great Dennis Prager once again here on the Salem Radio Network. Uh, Very, very undeserved praise there from the great Dennis Prager, but I will accept it humbly, and I thank you so very much for joining us. Yes, we are indeed in Cleveland, Ohio, and we are indeed rocking. Thank you for that intro, Sean. We welcome your, your participation in the program today. At 8 Prager 776 there are a lot of questions that I have for you today that I very much uh, am interested in your answers over. There are issues involving masking, issues involving vaccines, issues involving compliance, issues involving constitutionality of, of, of landlords being denied pay for the housing they provide for people, uh, Issues involving sending sick people who cross our border illegally all over this country and then complaining that people aren't being vaccinated fast enough? Oh, my goodness. I've got a lot of things that I'm going to ask your opinions on today. But I'm going to start the Dennis Prager show today with something that I've been doing a little bit on my local program in Cleveland, Ohio. Know the familiar sounds of the Olympic theme. And I am here to tell you today that I have not watched a single second of Olympic coverage. Not one twist, not one flip, not one made basket, not one made goal. Not one incredibly weak hammer throw. I have exactly zero interest in the 2021 Woke Olympics, and I want to be very, very clear about that. Zero. I have not watched a bit of live coverage. However, having said that, as my local audience in Cleveland knows, I am my, one of my jobs is to talk about the news of the day. And yes, the Olympics, particularly the Woke Olympics, are finding their way into the headlines. And I would like to take just a couple of moments here to commemorate some very, very important happenings. The United States women's Olympic soccer team. I don't know if Dennis talks about this on any kind of a regular basis at all, if ever. But the U.S. women's national team is led by a purple-haired or pink-haired, I don't know, depending on the day, woman named Megan Rapino, who just quite simply hates this country. 
She and most of, if not all, of her uh, teammates on the U.S. women's national team routinely kneel during the playing of the national anthem uh, or the presentation of our great colors, the Stars and the Stripes. She has publicly advocated for support of this position uh, by supporting the originator of it from five years ago, quarterback Colin Kaepernick, an avowed communist supporter, a Castro fan, who believes that the United States is a systemically racist country. So does Megan Rapino. So do her teammates uh, on the U.S. women's national team. Now, they played a game in the qualifiers for, the, uh, for these Olympics. And again, not having watched a single kick, all I can do is look at scoreboards. They lost badly, 3 to nothing to Switzerland or Sweden or somebody. I don't care. Whoever they are, I cheered for them. Because they were beating up on people who hate my country, even though they were wearing the colors that represent my country. You see, I believe in the mathematical equation of a negative times a negative is a positive. If a negative anti-American, like Megan Rapinoe, is speaking ill of my country, I am going to be negative toward her and root for her opponent. And that makes me a proponent of my country, because I don't want anti-Americans uh, representing America. So Megan Rapino on the soccer team, it was pretty much guaranteed because they're the best team on the planet or have been for the last 10 years or so, that they were going to win a gold medal and then during the gold medal presentation at the Tokyo Olympics would probably have taken a knee or done, done other some sort of a protest to tell the world that America is oppressive toward minorities or toward gay people or toward whatever their, their agenda is. The follow-up to that loss to Switzerland or Sweden was a game in the quarterfinal round. I believe it was a quarterfinal round. Uh, they just played two days ago against Canada, our neighbors up in the great white north. And for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years, Canada beat the U.S. women's national team, knocking them out of contention for any gold medal. They now play at some point against somebody, I think, for the bronze The point here is that we will not have to watch these anti-American women embarrassing the United States on the world stage by offering a protest that would essentially tell the world we hate our country. It's systemically oppressive toward people of color. That's part one of this three-part series. Here's part two. Headline from August 1st, so this would have been Sunday, Team USA's Gwen Barry says she will stage protest if she medals at Olympics. Gwen Barry, you may recall, is the hammer thrower who finished third in the U.S. qualifiers, the trials to make the Olympic team. And on the bronze medal podium, as she was accepting her bronze medal for the qualifiers, they started playing the national anthem. She was livid. She was furious. She called it a setup. She turned her back on the flag, put her black T-shirt over her head that read activist athlete, and then proceeded in uh, post-ceremony interviews to denigrate the United States as being systemically oppressive. She said she was going to take that protest to the medal stand at the actual Olympics in front of the world. Dateline, Tokyo, yesterday, August 3rd, new headline. Gwen Berry fails to medal at the Olympics in Tokyo. And all I can say to that is, Can you dig it? 
Karma. Karma, my friends. Barry plans Olympic protest if she medals. Follow up. Barry fails to medal. And by the way, I would like everyone to know as I celebrate her defeat that I do celebrate Team USA. She is not a part of Team USA. She is part of Team USA Sucks. That's what she believes, that the United States stinks. I'd like to point out that her failure to medal wasn't just a failure, but it was a spectacular one. She didn't not only finish in the top three, there were 12 competitors in the hammer-throwing event. She didn't finish just outside of the top three at number four either. She didn't finish number five. She didn't even finish in the top half of the 12 at number six. And bad news is she didn't finish at number seven or number eight either. Number nine, nope, sorry, number 10, no. Gwen Berry, the America hater, wearing red, white, and blue against her will, apparently, finished 11th out of 12 when representing herself and, quote, oppressed Americans before the rest of the world. So that karma can only be, be uh, ex- exceeded by this karma. And this is part three of my three-part series. This is the story of Tamira Mensa Stock, a 28-year-old African-American female wrestler from Katy, Texas. That's in Harris County, just outside of, uh, of Houston. Tamira Mensa Stock became the second woman ever to win a gold medal in wrestling at the Olympics. Moreover, the first American, uh, African-American woman to ever win a, a, a female Olympic wrestling gold medal. Now, I want you to consider Megan Rapino that I just told you about before. I want you to consider Gwen Berry, who I told you about before. I want you to remember the things that they said about how much they dis- they're disgusted by this country, how they go on an international stage and plan to protest the greatest beacon of liberty and force for good in the history of humankind, and how they plan to denigrate it to the rest of the world. I want you to remember them when you listen to Tamira Mensa Stock. Last question for you. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. Well, well said. Congratulations. Enjoy that gold, and we'll see you out there on the podium, okay? Thank you. I'll try not to cry, but no problem. <laughs> I am telling you, this woman's smile could light up all of Tokyo. I wish to God I could give you. I, well, i got to take a time out here. I apologize. I wish to God I could give you the video. This is only radio, though, so you could see her enthusiasm and excitement. We'll talk more right after this. How much equity do you have in your home? 50000 100000 more? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes. In fact, Home Title Lock 
America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high-equity homes. Next, they pull your home's online title, forge your signature stating you sold your home, and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset, register your address now to see if you're already a victim, and receive a complete title history of your home. A $100 value free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks... I found that I could climb stairs pain-free, but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. All right, friends, 21 minutes after the hour, Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager live in the relieffactor.com studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. Home base for me is WHK AM 1420, The Answer. Remember back uh, in the 70s, I think uh, maybe maybe early 80s, people used to refer to Tom Bosley, a.k.a. Howard Cunningham, as America's dad. And then later on, after the Cosby show became such a huge hit and before Bill Cosby's terrible fall from grace, Bill Cosby was considered America's dad. And I think a lot of people now, maybe erroneously, but see Tom Hanks. I think he even called himself America's dad at one point when he came down with COVID. Uh, and it's just kind of a thing. People say, see, people whose appeal is so crossover to all cultures and all generations and so forth, they do just look, yeah, I see that. I, I, I feel like, honestly and truly, I feel like this girl, this, this new Olympic hero, the new face of the Olympics, Tamira Mensa Stock is America's daughter. I just love her. I love her so much. She's a black 28-year-old woman. She's got her own family, but she just, first of all, she looks like she's 18, not 28. And her pride in her country and her enthusiasm to wear the red, white, and blue, quite literally after her win, Quite literally, she draped that flag around her and huddled up inside of it like it was a warm blanket in the middle of a cold winter's night. She snuggled up in it. Again, I wish I could give you the video. You need to imagine the smile that could light up Tokyo. You need to see her bouncing up and down at the podium as she uh, answers questions. She literally is jumping up and down. She's giving the heart sign when she talks about the USA, you know, the hand heart sign. She's just so enthusiastic, and she is such a stark contrast to the America hatred that was taken to Tokyo by too many other American athletes. We had a BMX biker who was one of the uh, one of the American uh, member of the American team who said that if he or she, because it's a trans person who thinks he's something else or another, I don't know which direction. It doesn't matter to me anyway, because this person said they were going to go to the podium and burn the American flag if they won the medal. 
So you got you got the soccer women wanting to kneel to the anthem, which they won't get a chance to now because they lost. You got Gwen Berry, who promised a protest at the podium if she medaled. Well, she didn't get to the medal stand either, but this girl did. Olympic wrestler and now gold medalist Tamira Mincy-Stock got to the podium. Last question for you. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. Well, well said. Congratulations. Enjoy that gold, and we'll see you out there on the podium, okay? Thank you. I'll try not to cry, but no problem. <laughs> I'll try not to cry, but no promises. That's America's daughter right now. That's America's daughter. And clearly, nobody has informed her that as a black girl, she has no place in America. She's oppressed. Clearly, nobody has informed her that white supremacists and white privilege have denied her the opportunity to achieve her dream. Nobody told her. So she went ahead and achieved her dream. It's amazing when somebody doesn't tell you that you're supposed to be held back, what kinds of things you can accomplish moving forward. It's an amazing thing. She's America's daughter, and I absolutely love that. And I just, in the face of all of the constant negativity that we have, we have seen, including by the U.S. men's basketball team, by the way, not necessarily during these Olympics, but it's comprised of NBA players, many of whom spent this entire past season, which I also did not watch, um, hiding in the tunnel during the playing of the national anthem because they weren't allowed to kneel or else they'd get fined. They weren't allowed to sit or else they'd get fined, so they just didn't come out for the national anthem or they would come out for the player introductions and then they would go back in the tunnel when the anthem is played. All this anti-American hatred being brought to the world stage was really, really you know, uh, something to, to see or technically to not see according to the ratings because nobody's watching. But I'll tell you what, I'll watch her anytime I see her face on TV, and here's what I hope. I hope that this young black American Olympic gold medalist makes millions and millions of dollars in, in endorsements. And I don't care what she's selling. I'll buy it. Compare and contrast that to Megan Rapino, who is the face of Subway Subs. Not a chance. Take your little overloaded lettuce buns uh, with no meat on them and, and take them off someplace. I wouldn't want them anyway, but I certainly don't want them if you've got Megan Rapino uh, hawking them. Seriously, these things pile high with, with 15 cents worth of lettuce uh, and, and even less worth of meat. It's just uh, it's, it's a joke anyway. Sorry, but Subway, you got in bed with the wrong American athlete. If you're smart, you will dump Megan Rapinoe on her purple-haired head, and you will go to to Myra Mensa-Stock and say, here's a blank check, write in the amount you want to be our new endorser. And then I might go back and consider ordering uh, some Subway. Pretty much anything she sells, I would buy. All right, so that's my Olympic update. I wanted to give you the bad and the good, and I want to just uh, shine a spotlight on America's new face of uh, the Olympic team and America's daughter, Tamira Mensah-Stock of Katy, Texas. She is outstanding, and we need good news like that because of what we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes after the bottom of the hour. We need to talk about the loss of America's freedoms. We need to, be ta- we need to talk about segregation. My friends, segregation is back. Now, I'm not talking about the CRT version of it, although that's part of it, too. And I'm not talking about safe spaces for black voices and, and uh, uh, or I'm sorry, safe spaces for black faces and brown faces and LGBTQ faces separate from all of those bigots and those males, these racist white males and all of their privilege and supremacy. That's not what I'm talking about. 
When I talk about segregation, although those things are real, I'm talking about the great unwashed. I'm talking about leper colonies. You think I'm joking? You think it's an, you think it's a, an exaggeration? You think it's a, a, a melodramatic? No, it's not. Leper colonies. You remember leper colonies where they forced, because of the highly contagious nature of leprosy, uh, which, of course, was just debilitating and fatal, uh, you know, they, they would keep lepers to themselves. I remember Mother Teresa once, you know, you know part of her reason for her canonization as a saint uh, was because of her willingness to go in and treat people with those kinds of things that were just cast off from society. Uh, leper colonies were created. And now we are about to have that happen. In fact, we have seen the beginning of it with vaccine passports and the separation of baseball parks from vaccine sections to unvaccinated sections. The separation of football players. Yellow wristbands for vaccinated, red wristbands, because that's the scarlet letter, for non-vaccinated. And now in New York City, you have... Open access to all indoor facilities in New York City, according to Mayor Bill de Blasio. You have unfettered access to restaurants, to bars, to gyms, to concert halls, to sporting arenas, to indoor facilities all over the city, as long as you are willing to show your vaccine passport. You must show your papers, and you have access. If you don't have said papers... You are the great unvaccinated. You are the great unwashed. You are the new lepers. And we are beginning a new state of segregation. John Whitehead wrote a tremendous piece on this. Uh, John Whitehead is the founder and president of the Rutherford Institute. We're going to talk to him about the new state of segregation coming up on The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. All right, 34 minutes after the hour. Thanks for being with us. Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager live here in the ReliefFactor.com studios in Cleveland, Ohio. For millennia, for millennia. A diagnosis of leprosy meant a life sentence of social isolation. People afflicted with the condition now known as Hansen's disease, a bacterial infection that ravages the skin and nerves and causes painful deformities, were typically ripped from their families, showered with prejudice, and cruelly exiled into lifelong quarantine. In the United States, patients were confined to a handful of remote settlements where, over time, a crude existence evolved into one with small touchstones of normalcy, but patients were consistently deprived of fundamental civil liberties to work, to move freely, to see loved ones, to vote, to raise families of their own. Some who bore children even had their babies forcibly removed. 
That's the history of leper colonies. Started in the Middle Ages and really went into the 1940s, 1950s here in the United States. Leper colonies. That's what they're doing to us right now. The beginning stages of segregation, the beginning stages of modern times, leper, leper colonies. I read a great piece last night at uh, the, uh, uh, Rutherford.com, which is the uh, homepage of the Rutherford Institute, by president uh, and founder of the Rutherford Institute, constitutional attorney and author John W. Whitehead, headlined, a new state of segregation. Vaccine cards are just the beginning. John Whitehead, is, has, Whitehead excuse me, has agreed to join us on the program here on the Dennis Prager Show to talk more about this. John, thank you for the time. How are you today, sir? Fine. Busy as usual doing what we do. And uh, by the way, the website's Rutherford.org, not Rutherford.com. Apologies for that. Thank you for the clarification. Oh, I understand. I understand. Yeah, but I just want people to make sure they can get the information. They should read this uh, commentary we're going to talk about, the new kind of segregation, because you're absolutely correct, sir. We're, moving, we're definitely moving in that direction. We've been, we've been moving in that direction, by the way, for about 20 years. They've done it, the government's done it slowly, incrementally, but now it's speeding up very quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it was a, a great commentary that you wrote, John, which is why I reached out to have you on today to talk about this. I want to quote you in your article in the early portions of it. By allowing government agents to establish a litmus test for individuals to be able to engage in commerce, movement, or any other right that corresponds to life in a supposedly free society, it lays the groundwork for a show-me-your-paper society in which you're required to identify yourself to, at any time to any government worker who demands it for any reason. This really does remind me of, of leper colonies. They're going to take the unvaccinated and say, you can't mix in and mingle with proper company, those who have taken their government jabs at as directed. Yeah, you won't be able to go to a grocery store eventually if this continues. Go to a restaurant. Um, you know, I, I, there are there are those who object to the mask. Yeah, we, we've. Um, I would say again, I've been doing this for forty years now, fighting for civil liberties for people and filing cases in courts. I've never seen anything. This is the worst I've ever seen. And I'm talking to some older friends of mine who are saying, John. This is not the America I grew up in. I don't want to live here anymore. I'm actually hearing more people say that. And, I mean, with the cancel culture we're seeing uh, and all the things coming at people right now, uh, and the way kids are growing up today, they're going, to, they're, they're going to be afraid. And fear is now rampant in society. When you have fear rampant in society, it allows the government to do anything. And uh, if you, the Nuremberg trials, right after Nazi Germany went down, when a lot of the Nazis were tried overseas, in Nuremberg, uh, Hermann Goering, who was uh, Hitler's chief general, asked, and here was the question he was asked, how did Nazism triumph? What was it about Nazism? You know what his response was? It wasn't Nazism. It was fear. Wow. Fear is the way you control people. You well, that, they, uh, that, that is exactly what we are seeing right now. And that's what I want to talk about, because remember what they told us prior to the development of the vaccine, which was incredibly, you know, uh, quickly moved. You know, they, they did it with warp speed and everything else. But they said, until we get the vaccine and reach herd immunity, you're going to have to wear these masks. And then once the vaccine was available to encourage more people to get the vaccine, they said, by the way, if you are vaccinated, take those masks off. Unvaccinated, you keep them on. 
Now here we are today, and we're still supposed to be so terrified of this disease or this virus that has a 99.5% recovery rate, John W. Whitehead. We have, uh, now they're telling us if you took that, uh, took that vaccine, you put that mask back on anyway. It still can kill you. How is that anything other than fear porn? And here's the thing. James Madison, who wrote our Bill of Rights, and by the way, 99% of Americans do not know their Bill of Rights, their right to freedom of speech, the right to be free from a reasonable search and seizure. Uh, hey, hey, John, uh, John actually, hang on, hang on with that thought on the Bill of Rights. We've got, a, we've got a break coming up here, so rather than cutting you off in the middle of your point on the Bill of Rights, let me ask you to hold that thought there. We'll pick it up on the other side of this time out. Bob France in for Dennis Prager right back. Okay, 43 minutes past the hour, leaving us 17 minutes before the top of the hour. And we continue now our conversation about the new new segregation, new state of segregation. And it looks like we're going to have to reconnect with John Whitehead. Uh, John W. Whitehead is the uh, president and founder of the Rutherford Institute online at rutherford.org. And he wrote a piece about the state of segregation that we are entering right now by way of these vaccine passports mandated in America's biggest city yesterday by Governor Bill de Bla- or uh, by uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio. Uh, this is the beginning of the government tracking your movements, the government tracking your history, the government essentially demanding to know information about you and judging perhaps by your social quota or your uh, social credit score uh, where you're allowed to go. In what in what uh, in what venues you're allowed to be present, et cetera. So uh, John W. Whitehead from the Rutherford Institute is back with us now. I understand. So let's pick it up where we left off, talking about the Bill of Rights that is, quite frankly, being cast aside by this new vaccine passport uh, mandate started in New York City, which will be picked up, no question, in other blue cities and states. John, thanks for coming back with us. Uh, yeah, you were starting sure. to talk about the Bill of Rights. Go ahead, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. The average American doesn't know anything about it. I mean, they can't tell you. I mean, they don't teach it in the schools anymore very effectively. If law students don't, lawyers don't know them. So I'm telling people, learn the Bill of Rights. You have a right to refuse to do many, many things that you don't realize. But uh, here's the point. The man who drafted the Bill of Rights, James Madison, said, and this is a quote, we ought to mistrust all those in power. And the first time you start believing what government's saying generally, uh, you're in danger. And let me tell you why. I've sued it out of Washington, D.C. for 40 years. I've sued the President of the United States and won the case, by the way. The uh, government that operates out of there is run by money and lobbyists. There was a detailed study done in 2014 by Princeton University and Northwestern University. Of all 20 years of laws passed in Washington, D.C., the conclusion of the professors was that we live in an oligarchic elite controlled by 585 billionaires. So it's all about money. And you're being taken uh, on many of these cases. Listen, when the top 10 millionaires in the first six months of 2021 increased their uh, uh, bank rolls by 300, uh, over $300 billion, you got to ask the question, how are they making so much money when everybody else is going out of business? So, listen, there's a lot of corrupt things in Washington, D.C., and all this is coming out of Washington, D.C., and question is all I'm asking people to do. You, you know, you have a right to make your own choices, but here's the thing. If we all, if a, the majority... Well, they're taking our choices from us, John. Choice, John. This is the issue. Government. 
Yeah, yeah. The issue isn't, you know, that we're allowed to make our own choices. They're taking our choices from us, saying now, unless you exactly. do what we tell you, unless you take this, you well, know, this, saying, this experimental drug people, cocktail, they, now you can't do things that you want to do. People, a lot of people just choose to do what they're doing. They just follow along is what I'm saying. And we need to, it's, it's time. I don't see anybody, hardly anyone out marching or in front of City Hall or doing the things they need to be doing. They're sitting back watching TV and all this stuff and not and engaging in government. If we don't engage, I'm telling you, we're moving into, as I, as I noticed here, this emanates Nazi Germany and a lot of other uh, places where they implemented these kind of programs where you had to have papers to move about, do here and do there, and people wound up in concentration camps. And by the way, the Halliburton Corporation back during the Bush administration was given $380 billion to build uh, concentration camps across the country called FEMA camps. And you know something? Former NSA agents say they're already built. They're on military bases. They're waiting to be filled with people who disagree on certain issues. I can see something like this pandemic is moving us in that direction. And that's why I'm a little afraid, to be honest. We are, you should be very afraid, and, uh, and I'm glad you're sounding the alarm here. I like the history that you did here. We're talking to John W. Whitehead. He is the president and founder of the Rutherford Institute, a great commentary that he wrote on the website rutherford.org about the new state of segregation. Vaccine cards are just the beginning. John, let's talk more about world history and what we can learn from this, because you, you correctly point out about Nazi Germany. Everybody knows the Jews were forced to carry ID cards and then eventually wear the, the yellow uh, star of David badges, but you talk about South Africa during apartheid. You talk about uh, the Tutsis, the genocide of the Tutsis in Rwanda. You talk about what uh, the Vietnamese, Vietnamese di- uh, government did to uh, uh, ethnic Chinese uh, and so forth during the 70s. This is not new, and if we don't learn from the mistakes made uh, you know, in this, uh, these decisions made around the world uh, in the past, we're, we're doomed to repeat it, as the saying goes. Yeah, there's a saying, yeah, yeah, exactly. You who do not know history will repeat it. And we're repeating it, by the way. Yeah, as I detail in the commentary, many, this has happened in many countries and it's all turned out to be a total dictatorship. But one thing I want your listeners to understand here, again, as I said, it's been going for a long time. The NSA, the CIA, have they been listening on our phone calls? All of our emails now are read. Many local police departments read, by the way, your social media on a daily basis. They're into pre-crime mode. There are over 80,000, listen to this, folks, SWAT team raids occurring in America on an annual basis now, up from 3,000 in the 1980s. They police you up to 500 dogs a day. Kids are getting shot, all these things. And you know something? The mainstream media doesn't cover it. So you need to wake up, go get, get, get some good sources, get education. I say education precedes action. And... I mean, this, we're moving toward a national ID card. And once you move in that direction, you know, there are going to be some people who say, I object. And you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to wind up in jail. They're going to wind up arrested. And we're going to start seeing that. And, again, the local media may cover it, but the national media will not. So you're in a big, uh, well, I would say we're in a big shark tank right now. And those who dare to disagree are being watched. I mean, they're making lists of people. There's a... Actually, a website that the federal government maintains called Maincore that has up to 8 million names of people they say will be rounded up in ties of distress. Eight well, they, they literally just announced... Million. 
Yeah, they literally just announced about two weeks ago the Dirty Dozen, what they called, they said that 12 individuals are responsible for 65% of what they call misinformation about COVID-19 and about vaccines yeah. online. And they named those 12 individuals, starting with Dr. Joseph Mercola and others who don't toe the line, the uh, uh, you know the, the government line, and maybe a threat to and their Robert, agenda. Robert so, Kennedy Jr., who we've Robert Kennedy is on it. Those cases. Yep. yep. Doc, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is she's a Northeast Ohio a doctor uh, whom I know very well. She was on the list. The government is they're identifying people that are threats, and Lord only knows what's yeah. going to be done to them and to those who follow them. But it's it's, uh, the, Joseph, it's uh, the giant media tech companies that are working with the government. Uh, they have billion. People don't know this, but they have million dollar contracts. Facebook, Amazon. Uh, Oh, we know now, though. We know now, John, and thank you, my friend. We're out of time here. We know now Jen Psaki admitted that they were actually working for Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, six minutes before the top of the hour. As you know, uh, August is fundraiser month for PragerU. And so we are just underway with over 5 billion views. PragerU has been educating college and high school students all over the world. And now PragerU is teaching grammar and junior high school kids with its new PragerU kids content. Education got us into this mess. Education is the only way out. We need to support Dennis and his terrific team. Go to PragerU.com to donate or call 833-PragerU, PragerU.com or 833-PragerU. Listen. Uh, I've been saying, this is no joke, I've been saying, I've said it on the air when I've said it, uh, said in for Dave, uh, Dennis in the past, uh, but I say it on my local program in Cleveland, Ohio, all the time. PragerU is the best thing on the Internet. I mean that. PragerU is the best thing on the Internet. And it's not just educating high school and college students. It's educating adults. It's educating anybody who watches it because it presents it in a way that is easily digestible, even for those who are not per- particularly knowledgeable about their history, not knowledgeable about constitutional matters, not knowledge, knowledgeable about the law, not knowledgeable about politics. It explains it in ways that everybody can understand. PragerU, to me, is the most valuable thing on the Internet. I mean, I said that before and I meant it. Uh, and hopefully you will donate to help save it. Uh, all right, 877-243-7776 is the number. 8-Prager-776. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, Tom, who's calling us from uh, Glendora, California. Hey, Tom, it's Bob France sitting in for Dennis. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you very much, Bob. I know time is short. You're doing a great job. I would like to dedicate two things to Miss Megan. Is it Rapino Rapino, or whatever her name is? Yeah, Rapino. I yeah. give her a message. A message in a song dedication. My <laughs> message to you, ma'am, is this is the only country in the history of the world whose founders were magnanimous enough to dedicate her to God Almighty, who believes in repentance for evil, and God knows human nature is full of evil, forgiveness and redemption. For you, ma'am, as a member of the Olympic team representing the great USA to the whole world, for you to desecrate this great nation the way you did is shameful at least, and you ought to be absolutely uh, cut off the team for crapping on the greatest nation in the history of the world. And I would remind you of a song, Miss uh, Lapino, that came out 50 years ago. It's dedicated to you, and it's by the great Merle Haggard, very part of the lyrics. When you're knocking down our country, you're walking on the fighting side of me. Knocking down <laughs> a way of life. Our fighting men have fought and died to keep. 
If you don't like it, leave it. Let this song that I'm singing be a warning. If you're knocking down our country, you're walking on the fight inside of me. The great if it came from the great Merle, Merle Haggard, Tom, I am all in. Well done, my friend. Thank you for that great phone call. Bob Francis to Dennis. We'll be back. I'm singing, be a warning. When you're running down a country horse, you walking on the fighting side. 